This is CliffCentral.com. We've got the money shot today and probably our last money shot for the year. Yes, because so, next week Monday is Christmas, isn't right, it? Right. So tell us. Oh, no, next week Tuesday, next week, Tuesday, is, Tuesday yes. is Christmas. Oh, so we do um, the show next Monday? No, we're uh, not. No, we're done on Friday. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so, so what's, um, can we do like a year in review? It's been a terrible year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I wanted you to <laughs> say. That's kind of what I'm aiming at. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that actually. Um, but, mm, yeah, let's, let, to say that it was terrible is an understatement. Ooh. I mean, it just the markets have gone nowhere. I don't think a single asset class this year has performed positively. So that basically there was nowhere to hide is what we're saying at the moment. And so last week, we had a decent week, actually. Uh, the RAND was stronger. Uh, the JSE was stronger. U.S.-Sino relations fell into the background, except, of course, on Friday when data came out about China, which was very disappointing. Um, and the focus, of course, last week was predominantly on Theresa May, who managed to survive a vote of no confidence. Yeah. I, I don't think that vote of no, that survival of the vote of no confidence extends to the market and to the British pound, though, because it's looking very precarious. I, I, I think, great, she can't be contested again, but she probably said, you know, well, give me some time. I'll sort out this Brexit thing. And I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure the British public know what they want, quite frankly. Um, and I don't think anything's going to change in the next three months, as she promises. I'll get a better deal in three months' time. I, I don't know. Careful, because you sound like one of those people in the elite who don't believe in democracy entirely. <laughs> well, I do. You are one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do, if you're going to vote, then can you make an intelligence researched vote, please? <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem with democracy, right? Is you get yeah. the result. The, the, lo- the lowest hanging fruit result. You get the, the median. You don't get the best. Mm. And you also don't get the best leaders in a democracy. But it is, as Churchill once said, it is the best of a bunch of bad systems. Oof. I mean, if you, what would you prefer? An autocracy? Would exactly. you prefer a dictator? Would you prefer, um, some kind of, 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 of power sharing agreement or this outright Sorry. elitism where you have like an oligarchy or an aristocracy? What do you have? So it's the best system that you can have in the modern world. Sure, I'll buy that. Well, yeah, but I look, I mean, I, this referendum has led to such pain and anguish in the UK. There are people who just do not know what to do. They can't find a deal that is acceptable to the public, to Parliament, to the EU. So there's going to be a lot of backwards and forwards, and the, the pain is still ahead. I do love watching the British fight over this, though, because they do consider themselves to be a little bit elitist. Can I say that? Oh, yeah. Well, I can say that. Well, look, they don't don't want to be part of Europe. They think they're better than Europe. (laughs) Exactly. So that's that's the genesis of the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) And look what happened. Um, And then back home, I mean, who would have thought ESCOM has a home loan business? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this to me is just outrageous. Like, it's bad enough that this company, this, this, Entity, because you can't even call it a company. A company would go out of business if it ran like this. ESCOM pays too many people to do too little work. We're already aware of that problem, right? They have way more staff than they need. Um, It's basically like a sheltered employment uh, institution. And now we find out that they're also giving home loans, Predominantly to staff, of course. It's not like you and I are going to go to ESCOM and say, give me a home loan at preferential rates, please. But you're already paying someone a salary. They can go to a bank and get a home loan, but they also took that in-house. Like, it's a bad idea, right? So, 
debt books generally make money. I mean, that's how banks really make their money, let's be honest. Um, and this is an 8.7 billion rand loan book to their 16,000 customers. So you can work out what the average of those home loans are. Well, it must are. be worth something because Patrice Mutsep has bought it. Is wanting to buy it. So neither side have confirmed or denied rumors, but obviously. Um, so, yeah. And, and part of it is really finally ESCOM realizing that it needs to get back to its core business and sell off all the other stuff that's taking away from the focus of generating electricity for us. Um, yeah, so they're not a finance business. I mean, Alan Pullinger, who's the CEO of First Rand, actually went so far as to say, ESCOM are in so much trouble that mm. maybe they should consider selling two of their large new coal-fired power stations just to help repair finances. This is a big thing because, you know, was it last week or the week before ESCOM asked Treasury to write down a hundred billion rand. It's just, these numbers are ridiculously enormous. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and talking about non-listed companies, Edcon also announced that they were restructuring. Um, if the company does go under, which, um, the Edcon CEO is saying it won't because they're looking to, to put together a deal before Christmas. He's got a week. It could be the biggest loss of jobs by a single entity in South Africa ever. 140,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, a, that's bigger than Bidvest actually, which yeah. has got 120,000. So the problem with Edcon, so now we have ESCOM. Edcon, and the problem with Edcon is their exposure to property companies, or I should say it the other way around, actually, property companies' exposure to Edcon is yeah. enormous. I mean, it doesn't sound that big when I say out the numbers, like high prop is almost 9%, Wakili's 4%, Define, Robosis, Investec, you know, anything between 25 and 4% of group revenue, by the way. It doesn't sound huge, these numbers, but when you think of it as a taking away from the Absolute top line, not earnings, not earnings after tax or depreciate, all that nonsense, right from the top line, that's revenue. Then it does make a big difference. And so while you're building your hashtag invest portfolios for this competition, I would say be careful of the property companies. Although if Edcon does strike a deal, there is a possibility that those companies will have a little bounce in their share price. Um, you know, the proof really is in the pudding whether or not Edcon can continue. Yeah, well, speaking of that, it is an opportunity for you to get involved in what we're doing with Easy Equities over the next couple of weeks. And I think you've got until mid to late January to make sure that you are at the top of the tables. It's basically uh, trying to find our best trader, our That's best right. person who's able to uh, to buy and sell different uh, shares and stocks over the course of the next couple of weeks so that you can be the top trader. And what we'll do is throw in 5,000 Rand into an easy equities portfolio, a hashtag invest portfolio for you. You can find all the info for this if you want to join up now. I mean, it might be the right time to do it. You've got time to watch what's going on on the screens. It's not like the market just shuts down and everybody goes away. There's a lot of retail activity at the moment. There are lots of people planning stuff for the new year. So if you listen carefully to Anthea, she's given some pre- pretty decent tips so far. And maybe you could, uh, you could, you know, pony up and, and put in like 50 rand and start your own brand new hashtag invest portfolio. In fact, they'll even give you the 50 rand. You might want to add a 50 of your own, start with a proper 100 or a little bit more up to you. Yeah, so we would have done nicely on our NASPAIR shares in the last two weeks. We called first rand last week. Remember, that was our, Stock pick of the week. Um, 
I'm afraid the share was flat. They did put out a trading statement. Not a lot of information that they gave us, unfortunately. Mostly about the impact of the income st- on the income statement from the sale of their Discovery Card and Discovery Bank. So, the inc- there was an 18% increase in earnings per share from that transaction alone. Um, as I said, they didn't give us guidance, but I think the market's expecting around seven and a half increase in normal earnings, excluding that transaction. So again, this company's growing in double digit 20% growth, which in this environment is fantastic. So if you did listen to me last week and mm-hmm. buy some first round shares, it, at the beginning of the week, they had a little bit of a spike and then at, at the end they came off a bit, but I don't think it's a, se- a share to sell. I would hold on to this a bit longer. Um, I'm not okay. sure when they're reporting, to be honest, but it's a share that should rally. Cool. We'll yeah. keep an eye on that one. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, Alexander Forbes. Yeah, because they put out their first half results last week. The share was has significantly underperformed the market this year by 13%. No surprise, right? They've lost two <laughs> CEOs in quick succession in recent history. First, Edward Kiesvetter, and then earlier this year, not so long ago, in fact, a couple of months ago, Andrew Darfour, after a fairly public disagreement with ARC, which is, again, Patrice Matsepe's company, who, own ni- who are a 19% shareholder of Alexander Forbes, and you know that ARC or, or African Rainbow Investments was spun out of Sunlum or have bought a lot of Sunlum shares. And in fact, two CEOs from Sunlum run Patrice's African Investment, oh, sorry, African Rainbow Investments. And then Andrew Darfour, just to close the loop, was replaced by a guy called De Villiers, who was the CEO of Sunlum Corporate before. Yeah. Hmm. So it's all very intertwined, isn't it? Yeah, that does sound a little bit incestuous. What's going to happen with the Alexander um, Forbes share price? I'm not sure. You know, they've they've now had a huge strategic change because, in actual fact, Alexander Forbes is big competition for Sunlum's employee benefits um, division, and so I think what's happening is that there could be anti-competitive behavior between the two, or Alexander Forbes behaving anti-competitively. Um, there's that issue, and then there's also the issue of IT systems, which they'd spent a lot of money on and not gotten anywhere. Sounds a bit standard bankish, which is what hmm. they've been doing for years. Okay. And then on the macro front, we had CPI inflation and retail sales. Inflation rose to 5.2% year on year. We were expecting 5.1%. And the problem with this number is not that it's close to the upper end of Saab's target of between 3 and 6%, but that the Saab, Saab have unequivocally said that they would rather target 4.5% for inflation, so the midpoint. And so basically I think what the Saab's doing after, well, telling us now that they're doing after raising interest rates at the last meeting, which we're still a little bit grumpy about, yeah. <laughs> they're justifying it and saying, well, actually, we're building in a margin of safety and in an environment where U.S. interest rates are rising, we cannot be behind the curve. I basically think that's what's happening here. Um, the number really was all about um, higher contributions from alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverages and tobacco hmm. um, and then miscellaneous goods, services, components, so furnitures, that kind of thing. So it's not the same as earlier this year or last year where it was an agricultural and a food problem. This time it's really a shopping issue that's pushing inflation. And talking about a shopping issue, retail sales came out as well, rose 2.2%. Now, this is a good thing because retail sales and consumer spending con- is considered – at that level is considered healthy for the economy. You know, right. you want the consumer to be buying. Um, 
And so everyone's like, oh, things are not that bad at home. But what, but what worries me is that in January and February or even as late as March, you might see household debt levels increasing, which would not be a good thing. And the impact of that on banks and defaults in bank loans would be a problem. So there's always this – like the economy is quite a fine balance between doing enough and not doing too much. And how much people have and how much people borrow. Exactly right. That's yeah. right. And that retail sales number didn't even include Black Friday. So I suspect that was October number. So I suspect, suspect when we see the November number, it's going to be significantly higher. All right. I mean, there's like, as I said, not much company news. We've already spoken about First Rand and Alexander Forbes. And the only other thing I guess to speak about is Naspers because Tencent listed their music entertainment group in the US on Tuesday. Tell me about that. Naspers, Naspers' share of this music entertainment group, which is a 16% stake, is worth 49 billion rand. That's the entire tiger, tiger brands. Good heavens. I know, like a tiny little, like wow. arbitrary subsidiary business of 10 cent, which Naspers holds. In fact, it's just, wow. like, it's about 10% less than the entire market capitalization of R&B and Investec, not together separately. Jeez, who knew? Small stake in music entertainment group. I think it's going to be an interesting one um, to see what happens from here. You you know, like kind of the listing of all the capital raise of Spotify and now Tencent Music Entertainment Group has all been very interesting and the share did rallies on the back of it, so which is always nice. Okay. And then I think it's going to be a quiet week. I, I suppose we've got some catching up to do from lo- yesterday when we were closed. But Asian markets again in the red this morning, unfortunately. And the rand so, so more or less, I mean, to, to go back to my original question of, of what your prediction is for, for 2019 and what you thought of 2018. I mean, a lot of uh, people that I've spoken to are quite optimistic about the small changes that Cyril's starting to ring. A lot of people are saying there's finally stability with the finance minister. Um, we haven't... The best thing about him is that he hasn't made any news, right? He's not creating controversy. That's a good point. Like we want a finance minister who doesn't make news because finance should be predictable and steady and all of those things. So there could be some very optimistic signs coming in. Other than he's told ESCOM that they can go fly a kite. (laughs) Yeah, which which obviously would have made news. and, And then Pravin quickly dialed back on that. But we'll see what happens. Basically, we've got... Uh, a little bit more steadier hand at the wheel here in terms of the, the, the treasury. But there are also things in the macro economy, which I suppose people are, there are always going to be people who, who say the next recession is just a day away, you know? They're saying that about America's economy at the moment. But generally this year has been pretty awful for people. Yeah, it's been a shocking year as far as the stock market goes. What do I think about next year? Well, actually, you've jumped the gun because I was planning to take the next two weeks to decide what my strategy and look at all the numbers and see what's going on. I mean, just I, I will come back in January and give you a better, more researched view. But my feeling is that markets are still nervous. U.S. raising interest rate, China's economic data is disappointing, but we're not about to hit a recession. I, I am nervous. I do think I'm, I'm more nervous for South Africa than I am for the global economy. I think we're at 
on the precipice. We need to do something about this. You know, we really need to create employment. We really need to sort out ESCOM. We need economic growth and we need to stabilize kind of interest rates in this rand and, and just really get on with it. But it's kind of like, haven't I been saying that for the last 18 yeah. months? Um, because I feel that if the world did go into recession or even if global GDP growth did slow, South Africa's just not ready to take that on. You know, we're still very much dependent on commodities. And when global economy slows or growth slows, the slowdown in commodities is huge. And guess what happens to South Africa? We have no investment. We have yeah. no, we can't sell our goods, basically. And I don't know if the, even though we saw the retail sales at 2.2%, I'm not sure the South African consumer is in that healthy estate, actually. Um, but what I do like about where we are in the market at the moment is that if we can do it, there are some, uh, there are stocks trading at ridiculously cheap PEs, price earnings ratios at the moment. And I would be buying up left, right and center. Wow. All right. There we go. There's an interesting synopsis on the year and some very, uh, very useful information for people who are involved in our trading. And don't forget, if you aren't already on board and you want to go and test it out, maybe you've got a couple of, uh, you know, extra rands lying around. It is that time of year where some people get 13th checks and you want to know what to do with it in order to grow your your um, your portfolio of assets. This might be a way to do it and have some fun at the same time. And don't go and put in money that's life or death, but you can, you can play with some extra cash if you've got any lying around. And maybe it's something that you're really good at. Maybe you have a talent. Maybe there's a thrill to it that you absolutely love and we want to see you win. So go along, check it out on cliffcentral.com. Go to the Money Shot page. You'll find easy equities there with the competition and all the details you need. Thanks, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Love yeah, you. and to you, Anthea. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much. Anthea Gardner, everybody. See you in the new year. Yay. This is cliffcentral.com.